I'm Sean. I'm Caleb. And I'm Lisa. And this is Watch Your Harry, a podcast where three obsessive and slightly drunk friends discuss the wider Harry Potter universe. Um, And just as a reminder, um, we do tend to swear and talk about adult content in this podcast. um, So this is not kid friendly. um, So listen to it on your own with a glass of wine. I should just record us doing that and stick it in so that we don't have to try to remember to do it every Every time. (laughs) Maybe at some point. Hey, it's kind of funny that we don't remember sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll perfect it at some point and then we can grab that one. So what's everybody drinking? I'll regret singing that. What's Why? everybody drinking? <laughs> what is everyone drinking? What is everyone drinking? Please tell us. Mm. What about your beverage? Lisa, I just want to apologize. I listened to our last episode and I felt like... I felt like we were a little mean to you about how bad you are at drinking alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I feel like there are worse things to bully someone about. Um, yeah, and true. if my, you know, and if my drinking habits are that I don't have enough alcohol. That you don't value yourself. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, we were more Being like, mean we, again. we were just thinking about you and yeah. what you deserve. And it's better alcohol than what you typically drink. Lisa, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking a beer. Um, I'm drinking a Fremont um, IPA. It's the Interurban. It's like their classic one. Um, and it's it's good. I mean, it's not like their best beer, but it's their like standard one. Um, so it's always good. How about you, Sean? So I, I'm not drinking alcohol tonight because I, I have gone out the last two weekends and my 31-year-old body can like not handle that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the time we got to today, I was just like, I, I can't put more alcohol in me. Um, but over the summer we had, we went through a phase where we were like brewing kombucha. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still had some leftover in the fridge. So it is a blueberry and sage kombucha that I accidentally made with the wrong type of tea. Like you're supposed to use a plain black tea. I actually use this like smoky tea. So now it's also mm-hmm. very smoky. Um, and I cut it with like a little bit of sparkling lemon water because like homebrewed kombucha doesn't get as carbonated as like, because when you buy it in the store, they usually artificially carbonate it. Um, so it's always like a little flat when you make it at home or it's way too carbonated and it explodes. I have yet to find the perfect balance in the middle. Um, Mm -hmm. so the flat is slightly better. That sounds delicious. It is delicious. I feel like a sprig of rosemary. Yeah, and if you made it in the summer, maybe it's fermented a little bit. So that's you're... what I was hoping. Yeah. Maybe it is a little bit more. We did. I had made one batch, and it was like I don't know if it's because it was raspberry, so there was just more sugar in it. But I like just one night. I was like, I'm gonna do an edible. I'm gonna open up this <laughs> newly made batch of kombucha. And when I tell you it exploded like a hot pink geyser all over oh my, my kitchen while I am just like high and scared and home alone and trying to figure out what to do with this massive bottle of kombucha that is now just like everywhere in my kitchen. Oh, my God. So better that flat than that. Yeah, better flat than that. Kombucha. <laughs> um, so I'm I've been drinking bourbon lately. Uh, because my brother-in-law is really into bourbon. I don't think he listens to the podcast, but like you ask this guy about mash and he'll just go on a tear for 50 minutes. I don't fucking know what he's talking about, but he suggests things. So I'm drinking a wild turkey rare breed right now and it's very good. Do either of you like bourbon? 
No, I'm a scotch yeah. person. You're a scotch person. Curious. I, I like don't know the difference at all. Uh, scotch smokier. is very smoky. Yeah. Smoky. Yeah, you would very much know the difference if you drank, drank some. This is, it tastes like brown sugar. It's delicious. Yeah. Not smoky, just like kind of sweet. No, no, it wouldn't be. Yeah. Nice. Okay, everybody's got a, a decent drink tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Look at we us. All sound happy. Look at us growing <laughs> as people. So today, now that we've gone through our 15-minute introduction, um, <laughs> um, we are going to talk about magical transportation within the Harry Potter universe. So this was kind of an excuse to do a deep dive into some of the kind of like highly specific like background knowledge within Harry Potter that I think we're all kind of interested in and was one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast um, to kind of learn more about these little things that like don't necessarily play a huge impact on the plot, but like they're there enough that we had a lot of questions about it. Uh, So we're just going to talk about some of the main forms that we see in the books. Those are things like brooms and the Hogwarts Express and the night bus. Um, And just kind of talk a little bit more about what they do, how they function, and what our thoughts about them are. I'm excited for this. Um, Shall I I jump in with brooms? Yeah, probably. Reflections? The most famous. Okay, so uh, I was interested in learning more about how broom, like broomsticks came in to magical lore um so i dropped a picture into our into our notes um will one of you describe the picture that you see um yeah it's a naked lady sitting on a broom backwards (laughs) with her hair flying back behind her looking over her shoulder in a very like what you looking at, but also come hither, look. Yeah. Um, and, and she her hair is on point. Yeah, her hair she is like very great. big and curly. And the buns are luscious. She's crushing it. She's like in the stormy clouds, mm-hmm. but she like doesn't give a fuck. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, she's great. She's, she's a bad everything bitch. we should all aspire to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, this picture really struck me because I would get it tattooed on my body. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, so this was part of an article, um, that traces the, the historical lore of broomsticks and why we think of witches and flying on brooms. Um, and the answer, uh, is that the historical depiction of witches riding on broomsticks has its origins in hallucinogenic plant pharmacology. So, did either of you know that? Yes. No. Yes? Okay, Sean, what do you know? So, uh, it's also interesting because when you talk about, so when you're talking about witches on brooms, you're talking very much like a kind of like Puritan view of, you know, women going to the woods to meet the devil and, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of that. That's the kind of vibe we're talking. Housework tools. <laughs> And um, it's also, it's, it's highly sexualized. Um, so uh, flying ointment was, you know, some in the more kind of scandalous, monstrous version, women would like mash up babies and put 
their blood and guts on their broom. And that would give them the ability to fly and go meet the devil. Um, But yeah, there were, you know, also some theories that they would put something that would have hallucinogenic effects and then they would use the broom almost as a masturbatory tour tool and then get those effects uh, from it and would hallucinate that kind of flying concept. I feel like it would be like just better to just like, you know, insert it, you know, well yourself then. So you, know. you can't see Lisa just holding up two fingers and swirling them around right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just feel like that would be the easier move, right? Just like spread it around your fingers and just boop. Yeah. So I feel like you're being a, a little pink shamey right now, Lisa. I'm not being pink shamey. I'm just being um, wary oh, yuck, of medieval young, splinters. Yeah. Medieval splinters. Bad place to have a splinter. Right. So yeah. I think I think I'm just being, you know, a little bit more more cautious. It's good that you're asking this question because it also doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, to jump into a little more explanation. <laughs> so as, as you said, Sean, um, they would make flying ointment. So uh, witches, and I'm air quoting this because it's like, I'm so certain there's way more nuance to like these practices and who actually use them and like, why certain people made certain ointments or like the combinations of herbs and hallucinogenic chemicals and all these things. Um, Like the articles I read weren't like pointing to any specifics. They were just like these hegemonic terms, like witches made ointments and put them on brooms and put them in their pussies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So they would use these hallucinogenic plants for almost like shamanic purposes. So like using things to trip out a little bit and have visions and practice witchcraft, whatever. Um, and a lot of these things were toxic or deadly if they were um, consumed or orally, orally, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I don't quite understand quite like you, Lisa, how we get from not wanting to consume them orally to smearing them on a broomstick and then like riding it to to get the high but some of these articles go a lot into like the different mucus membranes and why it was inserted into the vagina but they don't really go into why it would be applied to the broom to ride or anything like that um however and i don't know caleb you maybe you can answer this because i've always been a little bit unclear how truthful those stories were. I always thought about them more in terms of like, not even like, oh, this was a, you know, like how some religions use hallucinogenics to Mm. have some sort of religious, like ecstatic experience. I didn't know if it was that as much as it was just a very kind of like salacious thing to say about women who were having sex with the devil and were, you know, Kind yeah. of. I, I would say I probably know. that one, um, most likely, um, just based on like what, you know, what we know in general about like how men like to write history about <laughs> yeah. women who do things that they don't like. Uh-huh. And when you, um, when you talk about like, say, the witch trials in Europe or things like that. 
you know, they were passing around wood carvings that were like fairly explicit in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, women having sex with evil spirits. And it Mm -hmm. it was very much a, there was a, a, a titillation factor to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all Um, meant to be scandalizing. I agree. Um, I have a really silly quote that Lisa, would would you, would you do an accent? Would you read a quote for us? Would love to. What accent would you like me to do? uh, Something kind of like, whatever. Uh, I pasted it at the very bottom of the notes and I'd like you to just, there's like, it's very like old English lettering. All right. Which one? Oh, in the, um, the very bottom. Very. Oh, (laughs) all right. Uh, you also don't have to do uh, no I'm doing it uh, in rifling nope okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's try okay in rifling the closet of the laddie they found a <laughs> pipe of ointment <laughs> no I can't do it um, oh, okay. God. I'm so sorry to all the people in the world all of them. I'm not sure who I offended, but it was someone. Everyone and I'm so sorry. So the quote um, is, in the rifling the closet of the lady, they found a pipe of ointment wherewith she greased a staff upon which she ambled and galloped through thick and thin. <laughs> you shouldn't amble or gallop with a broomstick in your vagina. I'm just... Not without a cushioning charm. Certainly not. But those weren't invented until like 18 something. So... And that could be a segue into, ah, into the Harry Potter the well no I actually wanted to I didn't uh so I read a lot about um like the origins of broomsticks and and their representation in in like witchcraft and the iconography of witchcraft um so brooms were like a larger symbol um especially as like something like in like agrarian cultures I don't know they were they were symbolic of other things and so I think they might have just been like looped into the witchcraft thing in some kind of way I don't fucking know I don't have enough information but um speaking of cushioning charms let's talk a little bit about broomsticks as they're used in the Harry Potter universe so um not the, not the same way they were used in uh, no, no I mean that we know of that, that know I mean of. we can't say what everybody did with their brooms but there's a fan not where there, they I'm came, sure. at least not what they're intended like the reasoning behind why they were chosen um so like I I think I got this from like the the Harry Potter fandom site but basically mm. like the idea was that they wanted something inconspicuous mm-hmm. to have as like a form of transportation. Yeah. Um, so like somebody somewhere was like, oh, everybody has brooms. Let's fly on them. Muggles mm-hmm. will never see it coming. Um, and so they just like worked on enchanting household objects and then I guess mm-hmm. landed on brooms. One thing that's interesting, um, speaking of cushioning terms, and Lisa, you made reference to like women and brooms being more of a domestic tool. Um, So like if you're sitting on a broom and you have a, a, like a dick and balls, that's going to hurt a lot. Yeah. So it would have made more sense for women. Like every cycler that's ever existed in the world. Yeah. Like for like a cis woman or person with a vag, like it would have been a more conducive form of transportation before we had these like technological innovations that we'll go into. 
Um, so it's interesting how that can fall into like the female sphere of domesticity. For sure. Like, especially because if like the goal in Harry Potter, right. Was Mm -hmm. to enchant something that like everyone has, why not Mm -hmm. like a chair? Well, and it is interesting. Like you said, (laughs) we, we obviously think of brooms with witch with, with Mm -hmm. female presenting witches, Mm -hmm. um, and in Harry Potter, they have a much more masculine connotation because they Always. are mm-hmm. pretty much, I, I don't want to say explicitly, but like, we're going to talk about a bunch of other forms of transportation that are like actually used to kind of move around and get places. And brooms are mostly for Quidditch mm. in the books. Like the characters will like occasionally, you know, ride a broom to like go somewhere, but it's not yeah. like, they're not great for like long form travel you can't go that far um so they definitely have and it's probably also because again like our main character is harry potter who is Mm -hmm. male and who is like hyper involved with quidditch so we like maybe he's just he's thinking about them in this way but they definitely take on a slightly more masculine energy yeah yeah i agree and the I'll, i'll get into like the um technological innovations and production and and like how we got a broom in every home but um yeah I'm wondering like maybe this is a good question for the the end of this part but like if we could compare brooms to a modern form of transportation like would the broom be like horses and then we all use cars and airplanes or like what do you guys think because I I think that brooms were probably really great and innovative and helpful before they had the infrastructure to have things like the flu network built out yeah, I had them kind of compared. I mean, honestly, I had them kind of compared to like cars um, okay. in a way, because when they when they're first talking about them, right, like the first forms of broomsticks were like very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. slow, mm-hmm. couldn't really speed up or slow down. Like you didn't have any control of going higher or lower. Like you didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of these functions that yeah. um, that that modern broomsticks have. Um, and that's pretty true for, for cars as well. Like think mm-hmm. about like the original, you know, like model T, right. Like it had like one fucking speed and it like, you know, was old timey as shit. Um, yeah. and like, just like the first car, like didn't, it was basically the first car was basically one of those, um, Oh, it's going to be jalopy. Crazy. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> one, one of the, I think a jalopy was way fucking fancier um but it's basically like one of those bikes with the big wheels you know what I'm oh, talking yeah. About? oh yeah oh yeah um like those are one back those... in now oh my god oh. I a couple years ago I so I live in like a very yuppie hipster area of Philadelphia I saw a man ride one down the street <laughs> and was like I have to move <laughs> I can't exist in a neighborhood where like I have to see this guy doing this all the time that's obnoxious yeah. oh, but I've never a- saw him again Penny farthing yeah, because Philadelphians beat the shit out of him <laughs> until he was dead. Yeah, it's a penny farthing, but basically, yeah, like the original cars were basically just like those big fucking bicycles with mm-hmm. motors attached to them, and they didn't really have any control over like how fast or anything. Mm-hmm. Like basically, could just go and stop. Yeah. Um, which is kind of how I imagine that the original broomstick was, where mm-hmm. they were just kind of flushing out like the different charms they could put on them, because um, yeah. like they're just very very basic and like as cars progress and as things like that like different charms and different spells and mm-hmm. got added to the brooms to make them more comfortable more stylish more um you know 
streamline more whatever um mm-hmm. which is exactly what's happened to cars yeah. um and like also that. like what has also happened to cars in sport right like we have race cars we have off-roading cars we have family cars we have travel cars and you have racing brooms you have sport brooms you have mm-hmm. like all of these different types of things which i think is like pretty analogous in terms of like how they go that is head and shoulders above me suggesting that they were the horses of transportation. So thank you <laughs> for your analysis. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they were used for Quidditch, Sean, as you mentioned. Um, and I'm going to get into some of the other broom-based sports. That yeah, that me threw laugh. me off. The one that threw me so off was funny. the American one. It was like, God damn it. Well, we'll get there. Um, so they were used for travel uh, and they're broomsticks are regulated by the ministry of magic there's a department for broom regulatory control um and they i imagine it's like very arthur weasley types working there bumbling around um especially as there's no licensing requirements (laughs) well did you know that just in general there is a department of magical transportation and it is headed by percy weasley oh shit there's the time (laughs) so there we go you were almost right ah well uh, percy probably cracked down on uh well, there's a regulatory body now if percy's in charge yeah of i mean ali bashir is not even allowed in the uk anymore no well nope. can't can't export to the uk mm-mm. that always works um okay so the first records show that brooms were used as early as 962 ad um and we have this from a german manuscript about something about warlocks um and the first broomsticks as Lisa mentioned, were not comfortable or aerodynamic in any means. In fact, we have a quote from 1107, a Scottish wizard named Guthrie Loken wrote of splinter-filled buttocks and bulging piles after riding a broom. Bulging piles. I don't like that phrase, but now I love it and I want to use it as much as possible. That's actually my stage name. (laughs) Bulging piles. Yeah, I want to try to figure out how to incorporate it into like my dating scene because I think that'll be the catch for me. I'm just gonna I'm just writing down splintery bits for myself and bulging splintery bits and bulging piles. Yes. So uh, splintery bits. This is what I was talking about. (laughs) Bad idea. Don't put that in there, old timey ladies. (laughs) Um so by the 12th century, um Broom making had emerged as a skilled trade, so folks were starting to innovate. Um, they were becoming craftsmen. Um, brooms were becoming useful and comfortable, and they made enough sense that they were actually a sought after good. And so, um, the craft of broom making emerged, and then folks who made brooms were able to actually like barter their services for goods and create sort of an economy around them. Um, and so that's the 12th century until the ninth they weren't mass produced until the 19th century. And so that really coincides with um, the acceleration of muggle transportation technology. Um, And the example I have of this is, so in 1926, this is our first instance of mass production. So we have Clean Sweep, who's, if you're a fan of the series, you've heard of Clean Sweep, you've heard of Nimbus, you've heard of the Comet series, um, you've heard of Firebolt, which I don't know if Firebolt falls under like a larger company or not. Um, but so in 1926, um, it became the norm for every home 
to own a broom for personal use. Interestingly, this mirrors uh, 1928 in the U.S., Herbert Hoover's campaign promise was to have a chicken in every pot and two cars in every garage. So we're seeing a shift toward like households having their own access to transportation technology. Um, and it's still rudimentary and these brooms aren't great, um, but they're becoming more accessible. And we can maybe surmise that this was um, easier than like, or more accessible than as I already mentioned, the flu network. So like we didn't, they didn't have these other, it's funny to slip into we as though we are. Like we're that. part of that. We're part well, of the magical community. Well, we are we at had this the, point. Um, the night bus, which we'll talk about, but the, the night bus yes. came into being in um, around like 1960, something like that. Okay. 18, I'm sorry, 1860. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. At basically as the UK was seeing like muggle, buses gotcha it started adapting did it, muggle so. buses start coming in in the 1860s i don't know that's what pa- that's what a that lexicon told me i don't think there were correct any, as far as there the any buses in the engine were i think what i think what they're thinking more of is like mass trans like more like public transit public like early forms of like yeah public carriage i don't know the thing we could we should have stayed yeah. With oh, and built out more public all right. Well, um, the first combustion engine was built in looks like sometime in the early 1800s, but that wasn't the first automobile. I wonder how many people died on the first bus. Um, oh, all oh of I'm them. everyone all who everyone. tried everyone. them. <laughs> um, um, oh, 1886 patented uh, Carl Benz uh, of, of, I assume, Mercedes. Um, applied for a patent for his vehicle powered by gas engine in 1886. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it looks like this. It looks like a penny farthing. Oh, what am I doing? Oh, there we go. Oh, that's yeah. a bus. Oh, it's a no. It's engine. a car. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, all right. To wrap up on broom technology. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um. So, I mean, I have here like a, a whole list of like the broom brands and the things, and, and I don't think we need to cover that, but there's a lot of them. There were a whole lot of different ones, just like there's a whole lot of different cars. Um, and just to touch on the benefits of broomstick travel, because there are so many other modes of transportation that we're going to get into that are just make way more sense than broomsticks. Um, so people could easily travel by the broomstick without being detected by muggles using a disillusionment charm. Um, and so this would make the flyer appear to be nothing more than a shimmer in the sky overhead. So muggles never noticed. Um, and as I mentioned, it predated like Ministry of Magic, um, just having the infrastructure for mass travel. Um, and yeah, the last bit I wanna to touch on are broom sports. <laughs> Yeah, you guys so want to, I, you want to hear I didn't about know, these? I didn't know there were broom sports besides Quidditch. No, me this neither. was new to me too. And but it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot um, of sense. Because I mean, like, think about all of the stupid ball sports, right? Yeah. Sorry to all the ball players out there yeah. in your bulging piles. Um <laughs> the but like, yeah, you just think like, of so many different variations of different fucking sports. Mm-hmm. And like 
it makes a lot of sense that there would be like a different version of this one. Like the Irish one makes sense, you know. It like, wouldn't make any sense for there to not be a variation. But I didn't want there to be a I I thought this was actually like a better version of our society where it's like you pick one sport. Yeah. You guys fight it out. You get one. Mm-hmm. And now everyone has to just be a fan or not of that one sport. Someone who does not really like sports. I would love to like not have to actively avoid like 18 sports. Just yeah. one sport. You sound like someone who hates sports. So that makes sense that you think that. Just pick one. I don't care which one. I don't care if you pick baseball. I don't care if you pick golf. Just pick one sport. And now that everyone's a fan of that sport. Just but like what Quidditch. about curling? It could be curling. I don't give a shit what it is. It could be competitive badminton. I like just but you can only get one. Listen, is it just me or was curling the only sport that got aired this Olympics? It feels it's like the curling- only thing I saw at bars. Same is the yeah. only sport like and I didn't try to watch the Olympics very much this year because mm-hmm. I don't have cable anymore. Yeah. So it just didn't happen. But every time I saw the Olympics on fucking curling was on. Did anyone give a fuck about the Olympics this year? Uh, no. Didn't it did feel like watch. no one cared? Yeah. Just curling, I did watch course. the women's uh, ice hockey game between Canada and the U.S. for the gold. Mm. Uh, the U.S. Who won? Lost. Oh. Yeah. But Canada was too fucking good. Their team was so incredible. And I know fuck all about ice hockey. Yeah. Um, but you could tell that they were like, it just, it was the way that they played this game. It was like, you know, you'd have one American with the puck and there would somehow be five Canadian girls on them. And it was just like, they were all over the map. Sounds like hot. it sounded yeah. like they had, so, <laughs> sounded like they had so like, it just looked like they were so much more in sync. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go back and watch that. Yeah, it was a good um, game. Uh, uh, all right. Who wants to take a stab at the flaming hoop, the name of the flaming hoop game? Oh, here? I was going to say it's probably like Angingin. I, I don't if So this is this is like Irish, right? That means, half, that means half of those vowels don't sound like they're supposed to. Sound. Right. <laughs> It's like the Scottish one, which is probably like Creation. Creation shits. Creation. Yeah, fuck off. I don't know. Celtic um, languages are very complicated. Yeah. It's, and uh, we'll never know uh, unless J.K. Rowling posts on her Twitter how to say it. But um, so there's this one game played on broomsticks using a ball called a dom. And a series of flaming hoops. That's the only. So that we can just. Sounds, the, the, that sounds awesome. It sounds really awesome. Like all these games are batshit. And then there's like broom races held in Sweden that apparently originated in the 10th century. Um, another game involving cauldrons and falling rocks played in Scotland starting in the Middle Ages. I, and I love that it was banned in 1762. I think that would be a hilarious story to learn about so um there's a game called shunt bumps uh which is a knockout style game originating in england and it survives only as a children's game um it sounds like then, stump you know like the game with the hammer and the nail oh i love yeah. stump and everybody loves drunk, everybody fucking stump. loves stump oh my god okay i'm looking I, at this this stitch stock that doesn't sound good uh involving, involving an inflated bladder and sharpened broomstick ends <laughs> <laughs> sounds Dangerous. Straight up like, um, what's the thing at the end of a musket? A barrel? A bayonet. A bayonet. Oh. It sounds like a bayonet game. <laughs> but it's like, are you, 
I, like, are you just poking people until like they pee themselves? No, a bladder, like a, like a sheep's bladder or something like, Oh a, no, like no. A, I yeah. thought it was, that's not what I was picturing. Like I thought it was like cushion. a bunch of people who really had to pee. No, no, God, that is sadistic. Oh man. I like Swiven Hodge. Yes. Volleyball equivalent of broomstick sports. But fuck you, America. Please just say the name of the American one. Where's the American one? It's below oh. Quidditch. <laughs> oh, is it carpets? Um, wait. Quad pot. Quad, Quad pot. It's basically the same as Quidditch, but we just called it something dumber. Yeah, they just made it more brain damage prone. And you know what? That tracks. Yeah, it does. Fucking bunch of fucking, quad pots over there. Fucking bunch of quad pots. Yeah, so uh, broomsticks. That's like a overdrawn history uh, of broomsticks. But yeah, in the movies, they were like super. They made them like really sexy looking and like added the foot parts to mm. them. And um, I actually I was at Barnes and Noble recently in what is now just a, a Harry Potter section. Yeah, that, have you all been sense. to Barnes and Noble? It's just like there's a Harry Potter corner and everything's seventy five dollars. But there's a whole book about like all the artist sketch like all the the concept art for the brooms and oh, um, everything was really beautiful and um they get into the type the d- different types of woods and like the different shapes and the twigs and all the stuff so movie harry potter world is entirely built out but book harry potter world i'm actually like pretty pleased with how simplistic it was like most of the information i just covered one came from folklore and two came from like all the supplementary like not primary canon sources so um it, it really left a lot more to the imagination in the books i thought in a good way so do you feel better about the concept of someone putting the sleeker, more modern brooms in their private areas than you would be with the gnarled old brooms that women used to have to use? I mean, I suppose if splinters are off the table, right? Um, y'all do you, but I just really think that. So the issue is the splinters. It's, I mean, I just dangerous. I think that's fair. I'm concerned. I would hope they would have other things to apply hallucinogenic drugs to their genitalia with by they have they have, they have 10 of them. Yeah. At least said these were this was like the 1600s. These women did not have much. Let them put sticks up their vagina if that's I'm what just, they want. I understand. Now, wait, I here's the thing. Wait, we need to talk about this. I don't think that we were talking about the end of the broomstick penetrating. I think it was more like a rubbing. I'm honestly oh. going to say that's a lot worse. Yeah, I think it was the rubbing. I don't think it was the the phallic. Oh, I still think that's also terrible because it's if the rubbing, weird. that's like you're going the wrong way and then the splinters it coming in all directions. Going the wrong way, going the right way, and then you're going the wrong way again. Yeah, I don't know. Too many splinters. Okay, fair enough. Do some follow-up research on this. <laughs> <laughs> I... I worry about your Google Field research. <laughs> oh, You're about to get some really weird so targeted ads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I regret this already. I'll let I'll uh, I'll report back next right. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> how do we transition into anything else? <laughs> um, I mean, we can just do it and start talking about Ali Bashir and flying carpets okay yeah so we like don't get a ton of information we get like one very brief mention of flying carpets in um goblet of fire 
when they're at the Quidditch World Cup. And I think it's like Barty Crouch Sr. is talking to little Bagman, maybe? I'm thinking, yeah. Well, no, he's talking to Arthur. Arthur, okay. Yeah. About Arthur is like, yo, man, that's a muggle artifact. We've talked about this. Yeah. So flying carpets apparently used to be allowed and they were great for kind of one of the things that brooms are not good for, which is that like you couldn't children carry a family on them. They were like a family vehicle. Mm. Um, and now they are apparently there's an embargo on them because they're defined as a muggle artifact by the registry of of prescribed charmable objects, which is Arthur Weasley's division. Uh, but they are still apparently used pretty widely in other parts of the world and so like it kind of feels more political that you're not allowed to use them like they Mm -hmm. did not want to import these um from a little racist it feels a a little racist i mean the guy who's selling flying carpets uh jk decided to name ali bashir so (laughs) we all we all know how this is going i mean we know our girl would never do something like that (laughs) that's not that's not her style (laughs) yeah fucking nailed it Oh, God. But I think flying carpets would be really cool. I like I wish we had those in the books. I 100% agree. And there's several reasons for it, right? And we haven't talked about all of the different um, like modes of transportation yet. But my biggest issue is like, maybe we can talk about this at the end. But I just want to get everybody's opinion on like the family friendly forms of travel. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's not very many. Because there aren't any. Except flying carpets. Except flying carpets. Flying carpets are the only one. (laughs) Like, uh, I guess in I guess technically the night bus is right. The night bus is dangerous. But the night bus is very full of weird characters. Very dangerous, and you can't just like give a toddler flu powder and hope that they're going to come out of the right. <laughs> okay, Honestly, maybe. I think apparition or port key. So, yeah, but we port like, keys are terrible. I'm sorry. Oh, the, really? the night bus that is filled with perverts. You can just tell. Yeah. Filled with yeah. Perverts. It's a bus. It's, yeah. It's the train. It's it smells train weird space. in there. It's, it's yeah. a weird place. A lot of trench coats. It's yeah. but <laughs> like, but side along apparition, like, we and we're I, we're going to talk probably quite a lot about apparition here in like one second. But sign along apparition is confusing to me because it seems like based on um, Half Blood Prince when they're starting to learn apparition at school, everybody's like, "Oh my God, Harry, you've done side along apparition." Yeah, I and that no was weird one too. else seems to have done this with their parents yeah. before. So it seems like that's like a pretty rare thing. So I don't think that parents are doing this with their children very frequently yes. that's um, a very good call let's let's jump into apparition yeah um, yeah because this there is, isn't a lot to talk about with flying carpets no i mean th- except that they're cool and we wish there was more we to like talk them. about yeah we like yeah. them We're, this is a pro flying carpet podcast yes big yes. time um but okay so apparition we know this is um something we talked about house elves being able to do it in the last episode it is literally it's a nonverbal spell that allows you to just transport yourself from one place to another. There are some like spatial limits. Um, it is like not suggested that you do, you know, like you shouldn't apparate from one country to another, like unless you're extremely powerful or well-trained, there are limits but like where you should go. Even still, it doesn't seem like that's feasible because like, if you think about um, Deathly Hallows, when uh, Voldemort's busy harassing Grim- uh, Grindelwald, 
Um, he has to fly until he can get he close has to like, to Yeah, he has to like fly. So there seems to be some sort of distance limitation on apparition, um, which is confusing as well. Yeah. One thing I've never been sure about, in addition to distance um, or even like borders or whatever, um, it seems like you have to be able to like really picture the place you want to you want to go to you have to have constant determination deliberation and dog it's another i don't remember remember what it is but when they're camping when the trio is camping hermione would be like i i don't know it's like the first place i thought of like they wouldn't just like show up to random places so it does it have to be somewhere you've like been or like what is the I don't think so because Focus none of them of had, I'm sure there were a lot of places they camped and it's not mentioned, but I don't think any of them had necessarily been to any of those places before. Okay. But they did very specifically like, I mean, like they went to the forest of Dean because Hermione had been there with their parents and they mm-hmm. went to the the forest outside the Quidditch World Cup because they all had been there before. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure it helps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah, again, the, the determination. Determination. <laughs> Yeah, we don't really know. I'm trying to think there there was like another kind of magical series that had something similar to Apparition and it was like extremely important that the person be able to visualize mm-hmm. the place. Like it had to be somewhere they had gone before, but I can't think of it. Oh, I, I'm trying to think, Lisa, do they talk about that in The Magicians with like Penny? Oh, I think so. Because he like kind of has to know where he's going. Yeah, I don't remember the books that well. I just think of the show. Oh, I stopped watching it after like three seasons. Regardless. So I think you do need to have a general idea of like where, if you're going to like appear somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Just like apparent if you're in the middle of like the ocean. Oh my God. Right. Everywhere. I would go so crazy with apparition. (laughs) It is. It is definitely like if I could have one like magical power being able to operate would be the fucking best, but I wanted to not have limitations. Like I want to be able to fucking teleport to New Zealand. I mean, that would be cool. But as someone who just like likes to leave places, I would also be like, I would do fucking anything just to like operate two blocks from here. Right. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I agree with that too, but I just feel like the, the benefit, right. Is that you could travel safely and feel free. Yeah. So like, but then you look at um, Fantastic Beasts and Newt had to go through like, yeah, he took like a customs and a boat. Like, the fuck is that? So that's too far. Right. And I had a question about that too, because I kind of made a note about that in mine as well, where like, does he, does he take the boat because he's like trying to be secret? Like he's trying to like fly under the radar because he's like, carrying a bunch of like illegal creatures into a new mm. country mm. or also it's 1926. So like maybe they've made more advancements since then. Yeah. Um, if we're kind of going off of like how much muggle technology has advanced in that amount of time, um, mm. like visiting well, like, technology, I guess could too. But apparitions just like a spell. Great. But spells are innovated upon all the yeah. time. Yeah. Like the cushioning charm wasn't a thing until 1827. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right. so much about brooms now. <laughs> right. And like Snape, we see, has developed a bunch of spells during ho- his stay at Hogwarts, right? Which so is like, also fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Herm. Herm. Hermione. Hermione. <laughs> uh, what else about Apparition? 
Oh, so yeah. So side alone, that's a good point, Lisa, um, where like, yeah, so I guess like families are not traveling that way. Also, they mentioned a couple of mm. times that like there seems to be a large amount of people who don't operate because it's hard and it's dangerous. Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't know, you don't want to be like operating with your kid and all of a sudden you have like something half of your kid behind yeah, something distracts you and now you've splinched your child. Yeah. Right. And like you have to have a license to operate um, much like you have to have a license to drive a car. Um do you think you can operate without a license? Yes, because well, you Harry like does. Harry does all the time because he never got his. Oh, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Because Harry yeah, he like kind of has to teach himself to operate in Half Blood Prince, right? It doesn't he like have to kind of no, operate goes to class with everybody else? Yeah, but he isn't like licensed. Correct. Like, he yeah, doesn't he pass doesn't... the test. Yeah, because he doesn't have a chance to take it because he's not seventeen yet. Mm-hmm. But he's able to like operate. Dumbledore away yeah. from the cave. Mm-hmm. And he's able to operate with Ron and Hermione all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And assuming that like not one of them, you know, they're not relying on Ron all the time to operate them. They're definitely but they not. could if they needed to. Uh, maybe if he <laughs> actually passed his test. Because <laughs> remember, he failed it. Did he ever pass it? We don't know. Oh, that's History hilarious. is still alive. I bet he um, never took it again. Yeah, I, I bet he never bothered because Harry yeah. didn't either. Yeah, I don't think and I would you pass. Can, I mean, and you can still what? drive a car without a license, right? So, yeah, I don't think I would pass. As I said, I'm a bad driver, and this seems to be like the direct correlation to driving. Yeah. So, I think I wouldn't pass. I really wouldn't pass. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not into the risk of it, then that makes sense. Fair. I'm just going to take the night bus with the other perverts. <laughs> with the <Yeah>. other perverts. <laughs> um, cool. should, Stan we, Pike. should we talk about port keys because it's similar to apparition? Yeah, porkies yes. seem like they suck. I would never want to take a porky. I also want to, I want to take this moment to talk about a word that offends me to my core and makes me uncomfortable um, whenever I read or hear it. What is what it? Is it? It's the word navel. Navel. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I wasn't feels, expecting that at all. It feels kind of dirtier than it is. I know. Navel. And it's just a belly button. It feels but he's always talking about this like weird feeling behind his navel or like the pull. And it's like, stop talking about your navel. Just look. Is it too close to like the the nads for you or like you just. I I couldn't tell you to be perfectly honest. Gotcha. No idea. (laughs) Just don't like it. Noted. Okay, so no no porkies for you, or at least we can't describe what they do <laughs> to you. Don't talk about them. We can't talk about it. Um, so porkies are magical objects that are enchanted to instantly bring anyone touching it to a specific location. And so they usually look like garbage, which seems like a bad idea, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be like an old shoe or like a can or something that a, a muggle wouldn't necessarily want to pick up. Um but I was like, I don't know. I'm like, how did you know to pick up that disgusting shoe? Like, I live in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. There's garbage everywhere. I would be everywhere. picking up everything to try to find a porky. You'd be like, it's that syringe. So, like, <laughs> you just like get tetanus every time you're trying to travel. Yeah, my doctor would be like, another tetanus shot? And I'd be like, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I picked up a rusty can this time. <laughs> Oh, man. But uh, Amos Diggory knew what it was going to be. 
ahead of time. So maybe you have to like arrange it or like get a permit for your port key or well, be we like know that you do. mangy old boot. <laughs> so, and we know that you do. We know that port keys are like pretty heavily re- like regulated by the Department of Magical Transportation um, because when Dumbledore makes the port key in um like right in front of, of Phoenix, fudge. like right in front of fudge fudge is like you can't do that in front of me expect me not to be angry about it like and, and dumbledore's, dumbledore's like, like fuck you fuck you <laughs> of overgrown boy shit like god it is like actually an amazing dumbledore moment because like fudge is like you can't do that right in front of me and dumbledore's like i do what, what i want wait like, what moment is this i'm sorry after uh, voldemort just like oh, okay blew up the ministry and yeah. he needs to get Harry back to um, Hogwarts. He just like makes a port key out of the like head of the statue, um, the like, wizard statue um, and Fudge is all up in arms about it. And Dumbledore is like, come at me. What yeah. are you going to do? Um, yeah. So that's Porky's. Oh yeah. And then the feeling, the word that Lisa hates is that they always describe it as essentially like almost like a, like a hook has like wrapped around your navel and is pulling you, which That's sounds awful. Yeah, it does. Button. Yeah. Um, so who, who put the quote about the Hogwarts Express and the port keys? Because this is a flawless transition into Hogwarts Express. Oh, I put oh. that. Um, yeah, I forget. It's uh, all the stuff that we have here is from like Pottermore or Harry Potter Wiki or Harry Potter Lexicon, mm-hmm. as always. Um, uh, so the quote is before the creation of the Hogwarts Express, porkies were used as a means of transportation to not draw the attention of muggles. Eventually, another method was sought because the majority of students either couldn't find the item that was their porky because it was garbage uh, or not arrive in time to take the porky because porkies are also scheduled. Like if you don't show up in time, the porky will disappear. Uh, Question about wizards. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Were they were there just like an like a ton of environmental like toxins because they seemed like dumb as fuck like (laughs) like that's like was it were they like doing the greco-roman thing of like lead-lined wine casks or like oh we know they used to shit their pants and then make them disappear so we talked about this before wizards are like actively dumb i used to think that we were just being like rude but no now, the more i learn about this world the dumber i think they were oh yeah absolutely for a long dumb. Time. they're stupid people they think that muggles are dumb but like fuck you guys we haven't just been walking around for centuries shitting our pants so yeah. wizards have magic and are still extremely dumb yeah. yeah and i think if the magic is why they're dumb granted we put mm. lead in our water <laughs> so mm. i bet the Freaking wizards were drinking the same goddamn water. Hot and kettle. Yep. They are honestly, Hot and I bet their fucking cauldrons were made of lead. Probably. Percy Weasley could tell you all about that. <laughs> yes. He really could. It's the problem that before he came along, the, there was no regulation in the cauldron thickness. They, things were mm-hmm. seeping out all over the place. These wizards yeah. were inhaling things. Yeah. I think I'm going to lean into some Percy fanfic, actually. I'm going to Google that as we're talking. Um, I I bet there's some weird ones. Oh, I know. There's some weird ones. I already read them. Um, (laughs) And he's, like, always gay in them. So, so yeah, port keys were a form of transportation for students to get to Hogwarts. Um, 
which leads us into discussing the Hogwarts Express. Um, and I thought this was really funny. Um, I pulled a quote from Pottermore that's actually just a quote of uh, Vernon during um, Sorcerer's Stone. So he comments after learning that Harry has to take a train to school. Uh, funny way to get to a wizard school, the train. Magic carpets all got punctures, have they? Honestly, no, they're just he, not allowed. He probably hit on some kind of safety, you know, one of the safety liabilities of whatever um but that begs the question of like how the fuck are we getting all of the students from the uk to king's cross station to get them to hogwarts like wouldn't well, i Ukraine? create is there another stop i don't think so no i mean it's just, just king's a, cross it's just one to it one would, it would like really suck like okay let's say you live in like glasgow and you're like, I have to go all the way down to London to go up to the Highlands. Like, this is like an mm-hmm. hour away. Right. And like, right, like can't would... they just go to Hogsmeade? They probably can. Exactly. Well, it would create more of like a weird day at King's Cross Station. One day, September 1st, every year where all the fucking freaks show up to go to their steampunk conference <laughs> <laughs> on with nobody knows which train. Yeah, it's a children's steampunk with <laughs> owls and rats. Like None of their the parents fuck? know what's going on or can apparently like count money. Or... Uh, no, there is no money. There is no money. They don't know what coat to wear. Yeah, so there, there's a plot hole that we don't need to question, but it's just very yeah. silly. Um, but so yeah, the, I agree. Yeah. It's weird. Right? They could have just all s- I've never thought of that before. That's really fucking me. funny. It's so stupid. I, whatever. Um, so I love this children's series. Um, so the Hogwarts Express, it ran between King's, King's Cross Station in London and uh, Hogsmeade. Um, so six times a year, and I pulled that from Pottermore. Um, so like at all the term, so on September 1st, when term began and then all the term breaks, it would go back and forth. Um, and it was the primary method of travel. So pre Hogwarts express, the students could just like freestyle and show up to school however they wanted. Um, who knows like how successful or, or unsuccessful this actually was, but I'm sure there were a ton of problems. So like, these children could ride brooms um, to which they needed to attach their trunks and their animals, <laughs> uh, which is probably a shit show. Um, people would enchant carts and carriages in different ways. Um, some students attempted to apparate, uh, and we can imagine exactly how fucked up that was based on just what a, we know. A, imagine just a, a fucking bloodbath in a the blood Great bath. Hall, just like just... body parts <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, there's a fan kids pick. are throwing up from port keys. Oh, this kid doesn't have god. an arm because he splinched himself. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, and then they would ride magical creatures. So who who knows which magical creatures? Um, and so this persisted for centuries, which I love. I love how wizards do not have like a systems thinking approach to much. Um, but in 1827, we get a minister of magic. Ad- Ataline Gamble, um, and she was famously intrigued by mug- muggle trick technology, um, and so she suggested the train because she was fascinated by muggle trains, um, and this did actually solve the issue once and for all. But uh, what I want to ask you both: <laughs> Who do you think 
what type of person do you think was opposed to the Hogwarts Express? Oh, purebloods, the because they, kids. they didn't yeah. want to use uh, muggle technology. Yeah. Yeah. So the muggle parents were like, this is unsanitary. <laughs> this is disorganized. This is a liability. This doesn't seem safe. Um, so eventually they had to make the move to um, make it mandatory. So they're like, if you're not coming on the Hogwarts Express, you're not coming to school at all. Oh, so they can't just go straight to fucking Hogsmeade. They're not allowed. It's oh. it, now it's regulated. So yeah. I think that's a mistake. I think we need to go back to unregulated transport into Hogwarts. I think that's oh how you en- I think that's how you ensure that only the strongest witches and wizards make it there. It's. That's the problem with today's generation. They're so coddled. They they don't even have to fight to get to Hogwarts. Bunch of fucking snowflakes. <laughs> Are you okay, Sean? <laughs> I think they should have to fight to get to Hogwarts. Ooh. I think actually Hogwarts should do the job of like the staircases change. You fall through the staircases. You disappear into the toilets. Like let's at least get them into the building and then they can meet their untimely death. You guys should read this as a side note. There's a book series called A Deadly Education. And it's basically like, what if Hogwarts was like actively out to kill the students that were in the school? Oh, so it's just the same book? It's the same book. but (laughs) It's basically like, surely this was happening in Hogwarts, but like they weren't talking about it. Yeah. It's just the janitor who wanted to hang everyone up by chains. He was a, he was the red herring. (laughs) Um, So real quick, this is just like a, funny quote about the history of the Hogwarts Express. So um, in 1830, the Ministry of Magic conducted a large-scale operation involving 167 memory charms, as well as the biggest concealment charm ever performed in Britain in order to acquire the locomotive. The morning after this operation, the residents of Hogsmeade awoke to find the gleaming red Hogwarts Express and a Hogsmeade railway that had not been there previously. And the Muggle railway employees and crew had the feeling that they had misplaced something which stayed with them for the rest of the year. <laughs> so that's just some silly fun. Um, I, that they like, just stole an entire train. They magicked a train. Yeah. They magicked so the fun. entire railway system. And uh, do you think there were like a bunch of residents of Hogsmeade that were like, not in my backyard? Oh, yeah. There, there, were lots of violations. there were definitely NIMBYs. There were definitely <laughs> yeah, NIMBYs lots of NIMBY Hogsmeade. residents in Hogsmeade. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> zoning we see- violations. <laughs> We see the the use of muggle transportation all the time, right? It's just like as in like that's magically enhanced, like the ministry yeah. cars, Arthur Weasley's oh, yeah. cars, like the Ford Anglia. And yeah. then um we also see it with Sirius's bike oh, and right. yeah. with um fucking the boats, ships, like um oh, like the, the, the Durmstrang one. Yeah, like the Durmstrang kids. Um, and also the night bus. Yeah. Did we talk about the night bus? We haven't no. talked about the night bus. And the night bus, we just talked about how all the perverts oh, ride the, the night bus. bus. Yeah. Um, and like the night bus, the thing that's so fucked up about the night bus. Okay. So <sighs> Stan Shunpike and Ernie Prang, right? They're mm-hmm. the runners of the fucking night bus. How the fuck did they get those drops? Ernie's like 19. He's Ernie is like old as no, I'm sorry. Stan is like 19. Ernie is like 125 years old. And Stan Shunpike is 19. Like, who is giving these people this job? Who's regulating the night bus? Who 
else drives the night bus, right? Because surely Ernie and Stan can't be the only ones because what do they do? Do it 24-7 all the time? What if a witch holds their wand arm out and they've broken their leg and they need to get to St. Mungo's? Are they supposed to wait until Stan rolls out of bed? They probably have like other minimum wage adolescent employees. And in the movie, they have that weird, vaguely racist, shrunken head that's Oh my God. The third movie is my least... Uh, okay, I actually quite love the third movie. We know that. Ugh. But that is not good. Yeah, problematic. Mm-hmm. But the night bus in general, right? There's just like cattywampus all over the place, which is like the thing that we've talked about this before and I won't get too heated about it again. But emergency services. Non-existent. Like, what are they supposed to rely on? How do you get to St. Mungo's if you are dying? Like, do you just have to call the night bus and hope Stan Shunpike carries you on to the bus? Yeah, I mean, from what I read, it was like things like the night bus and the flu network were created specifically for like the young, the infirm, and like those who didn't have the ability to take other forms of transportation. Let's make it safer, team. <laughs> God. All right, Lisa, what's your idea for the ultimate safe? What's the safest magical transportation we can come up with? I don't know. There's Honestly, the flying carpets. Flying carpets, man. Yeah. Come on. Like, what are we supposed to do? Rely on the goddamn flu network, which is just like a bunch of sand that you throw into a fireplace. Mm. Okay, can we talk about the flu network real quick? Yeah. Out of all of these forms of transportation, the flu network, I think, is the worst. Do not let your house be connected via the flu network. That is basically to you saying, everyone. hey, government, would you like to wiretap me? Uh, do you have the internet? That's not, it's different. It's, do it's you not. have a device but the, the but you, okay, but when the government like taps your phone, theoretically, you're not supposed to know about it. With the flu network, you're just like, here you go. You're like handing them your cell phone. It's called the Patriot Act. I would say, I would, <laughs> yikes. I would kidding. say, I know. Um, I would say that more concerning, right, is that your house is connected to a network. That means that anyone can just jump into your house. Yeah. At any time. There's no right? firewall. So less fire, concerned about the government just like listening in on these stupid inane conversations that I'm having with my friends about Harry Potter and more concerned with the fact that like a stalker could just enter your fucking home and watch you sleep. Yeah. Or just like not even enter your home, but just like spy on you. Just be like, I'm going to stick my head in this fireplace and now I'm going to watch you. Yeah, it's were- weird. I would have an anti-stalker charm. I would have a, I bet there's like charms and things you can do to protect your home. Right. I, I just also feel like the flu network has the most room for error. So like the way that Harry describes it is like, he can see all the other gates that he's like flying past. Right. So like, and you have to get out at the right one. And the idea of like yeah. saying your destination just helps oh guide God. you to the right one. But like, Very stressful. So is what it a national fuck? system because he says diagonally and he gets sent to bumfuck diagonally. So like there must be some like language limits. I, well, it, it is oh, a yeah. national, it is a national system because it's Just run by national. the 
It's run by the ministry. It's ministry, right? You're yeah. right. You're right. And you have to, you're, you're like the, the property has to be connected. So like we see this very specifically in like the Goblet of Fire where Arthur gets the Dursley's house temporarily connected and they don't like mm-hmm. normally connect muggle homes. Yeah. Um, so you can't. I love that scene. Yeah. So you can't like connect. You can't just go to anyone's home, right? Like you can't just yeah. like say like Malfoy Manor, right? And expect to like show up in their fireplace, yeah. right? You can do that as long as they're connected to the flu network. Mm-hmm. And you can remove yourself fairly easily from the flu network, but you can't, you would have to go through a process to reconnect. But my question has always been, how is Grimald Place connected? Yes. Like, yeah. How does the unplottable shit work? Like, like it shouldn't be on there. I mean, even if you were like, oh, well, it's because it was registered forever ago, which it, it, theoretically it could be. But if I were Dumbledore, I'd be like, we're getting this off. Like, it's, also, it's not staying connected. Hogwarts That's a really good shouldn't question. be connected. Hogwarts should not be connected. I can't like, believe it was. Right. That's the thing. So I think, I mean, obviously these are like things JK didn't think about while she yeah. was fucking writing her book. But yeah. here, here we are trying to figure out how to dissect it. So the thing, okay, so Sirius, and then we see Harry do it again in Order of the Phoenix. They just like stick their heads in. Right. Do you think that's like a different no, it's thing. the same no. thing, I think. Because okay. remember, Umbridge is like trying to grab Sirius. Like theoretically, if she had been able to grab Sirius' mm-hmm. head in the fireplace, like she could have pulled Ugh. him out or gone where he was. I, I don't know. They're like a little unclear on that. But yeah, something bad was about to happen. Yeah. Like it is like your head is still physically there, which again, I know this is just like the way the movie portrayed it because you're like, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. No, um, that's how the book portrayed it too. But with like, so the head thing doesn't make sense when you think about like, oh, you're like moving along all these gates. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But that's, I mean? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's, and the, and the, it's so interesting because like you have to also pay for the flu network. So like, oh, you, you have do? To, you have to buy flu powder. You have to buy because, flu powder, uh, right? Yeah. Because so the Weasleys are like, of transportation. And that's yeah. for the government microchips too. Oh, oh my God. Right. So it's that 5G. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Do you think the um, Weasleys are anti-vaxxers? Uh, yes. I kind of think so, too. I mean, I think yes. pretty much all wizards are anti-vaxxers. Yeah. The Weasleys have that vibe about them. Yeah. They yeah. Like, they'd be, like, totally cool and normal, but then they would be like, but, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to get the government vaccine. And you're like, ooh. Mm. Oh, and Hermione's like, no, that's yeah. wrong. Right. <laughs> Right, Hermione's like, wait, what do you mean, Ron? You're not vaccinated. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but okay, so now that we've kind of talked about, except for like magical creature creature transportation, right? That kind of speaks for itself. Nobody really does it. Um, but the or at least not on like a grand scale, um, except for maybe Madame Maxime, but the my question for you guys is like what do we think about international wizarding travel so like do we think that there is like a system in place like we have passports and shit Mm. right like that's global right like we somebody i i'm sure this is this is gonna be where my like you know civil civic history is gonna like i have none um, no knowledge of it. 
Um, like somebody sat down with someone else and was like, let's just globally appreciate passports as a thing for everyone around the globe. Um, was that a thing that wizards also have to do? Well, they like, have no identification. Right. <laughs> but like, is it like expected that, like we know that there's different like governments, we know there's different schools, we know there's like different sh- things and people can travel and go to Albania and go hang out with Voldemort. But like, do they have to stop at the Albanian wizarding ministry and be like, yo, I'm here. Right, like, oh, is that why Newt had to go through weird muggles, muggle customs? I would assume so, right? Because otherwise he would have had to, like, clear it with the ministry that, like, hey, I've got a suitcase full of illegal magical creatures. They mentioned, several, I mean, the premise of the film, of whatever, he's, like, not allowed to travel internationally. And they're like, if we find out, you'll right. be so, in trouble. Obviously, there is some sort of regulatory body, right? So who do you think handles that? Do you think it's the Department of International Magical Cooperation or is it the Department of Magical Transportation? Or do you think it's like both of them working in in tandem? Probably all working in tandem in coalition in red tape, just like we do. Yeah. But I do wonder, just in like the physical, like how are they getting places? Like, I don't know. Is there another train? You cannot put these wizards on a plane. They do not fucking understand enough to go on a plane. That would be I want Arthur Weasley on a plane. So Arthur we, would die. His eardrums, he would freak out. Yeah. The only thing that I could think of is Porky's. Yeah. Porky's could work. Because we know that the Porky's are arriving from like other countries for the Quidditch World Cup. And then the Delacours like show up at the wedding at the borough. Mm-hmm by via Porky. So like it's gotta be Porky's, but like haven't we already established that Porky's suck? I would think apparition. I know no, we talked can't. about they can't a spatial limitation. Well we think there's a spatial limitation. We do, yeah. But I'm pretty sure know. there is because otherwise Voldemort wouldn't have one. And like unless they can just like leapfrog, right? Can you just like just like apparate they make a comment in one of the books about Dumbledore traveling by like broom or by Thestral Thestral if she like yeah. doesn't want to take a broom so like even yeah. for these very very powerful wizards like they still have to like yeah it a little bit and also I would assume that apparition is like exhausting right like you're being like squeezed between like the fabric of time and space mm-hmm. so like one would assume that it's like quite exhausting. So the idea of leapfrogging doesn't feel super plausible unless you've got like an hour to recover every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then we see uh, Jack wagons like Hagrid. <laughs> Jack wagons. Right. Of course. Hagrid had to go bulging piles to do the, yeah. Oh, he, his whole, he's, he is a bulging pile. Um, he had to like, where did he have to go for the giants? He had to go to France, like, and he had to go into the mountains. So they and it like, took him like months. Yeah, and they because they took they took Muggle transportation the entire way, trying to like pretend like they were on holiday and to like oh lose their ministry tale. Um, huh. So maybe it's not unusual for wizards to travel Just by take Muggle means. Muggle. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the ministry has its own fleet of cars. Right. Um, and maybe they just drive. Arthur had a car. Yeah. I mean, like, it, flew, just, it like, wasn't supposed to, but I guess theoretically he should have just been driving it. 
Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe they're just like full of shit and they're just using all the muggle technology because like this has been something that's always like I've always wondered about and we can talk about this at a later date. But like, I feel like wizards would be like they go to their muggle born friends houses in the summertime and be like what the fuck is this they'd be looking at nickelodeon like <laughs> did it did it. yeah <laughs> right <laughs> you, maybe a muggle episode maybe there are like yeah. wizard travel agents whose job are just sort of like walk these <gasps> oh, people through it Kinda i love like, that idea oh, that's wonderful they ever, all have 80s hair yes like did you ever see the the geico commercials about where it's like how to like not turn into your parents yes they're my yeah, favorite that's how I, like that so like that's how i picture yeah like a travel agent basically having to walk like people like arthur weasley through like okay like we mm-hmm. don't t- like we don't touch that right like yes. we right? stay oh, away we from the mean, train when oh, it comes the felly tone yeah. we stay away from the train when it comes that's awesome yeah totally yeah man uh so my question for you all Wait, have we covered every form that we wanted to cover? I think so. Yeah, because I just mostly had questions about emergency services and international wizarding travel and then family comfort, which we established the best form is obviously flying carpets. Flying carpets. Would be good if you put a windshield on it, I think. Mm, Um, They're wizards. What would you both choose personally? What would be your go-to? I mean, apparition apparition right but like assuming that we have another like physical form of transportation for convenience i mean apparition but the probably brooms the brooms it's like you got to make sure the weather's good and like your hair is gonna get all messed up if you're wearing like a skirt you gotta wear a little like bike shorts underneath or something I mean, not if you're trying to get those hallucinogenics. <laughs> you, yeah, I think I would do the broom. Um, I mean, it also call just like, on seems bike fun. shorts. What'd you say? It just seems fun. It does seem really fun. You know, seems yeah. more fun than a magic carpet. Um, I don't know. But... With a magic carpet, though, you can like spread out. You can be like, I'm going to take a nap and this carpet is going to support me because it's like lying on a bed. But I don't know it? what your idea of flying on a carpet would be, but it seems like you're just like laying on top of an airplane. Like it seems really dangerous. No, I think of it like Aladdin. It's oh, like yeah. sentient. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I also think of magic Pom-pom carpet. Hands. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Covering you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I couldn't remember exactly why I wanted to do muggle or magical transportation so much. I think it was because, because of emergency services. I think it might like, have been emergency services. And you're services. like, well, that's a five-minute conversation. So. <laughs> so we expanded it. Um, but yeah. So I we think satisfied we- your curiosities? I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like I, I, I learned a lot of the like different things and I also feel like, yeah, like we just kind of nailed it. I think. Yes. Yeah, of course. I have one question for you. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that wizards go jogging or ever Um, like run somewhere? I, I'm picturing like a wizard gym and I can, I feel like they are uninterested in physical fitness. Lifting up like limbs of like beef. They're just. Yeah, but like. 
pounds of grape. Well, you know what, though? Victor Crumb goes jogging. We saw that in the movie. Oh, in the movie. Oh, in the movie. What was he doing in the movie? Jogging. Oh, (laughs) training. He was training. It was a training montage. Yeah. (laughs) But like picture any of the characters we know doing any kind of like physical fitness. Mm-mm. I cannot, but I would picture like Cedric going for a jog mm-hmm. or like Angelina going for a jog. Oliver Wood was jogging all the yeah. fucking time. That's true. That man worked out. Yeah, he that was, man uh, was that man was benching some him. amount of impressive weight that I definitely know is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him, too. Yeah, I love Oliver Wood. What a, what a good one. I would like uh, to see. I'd like to see more muggle. I'm sorry, more magical public transportation. Mm-hmm. Something like like they need like a light rail system or I'm like saying. a metro. Something like less seedy than the night bus, but right. like as convenient. Yes, I 100 percent agree. There needs to be something because again, we've already established not all wizards can operate. Maybe not all wizards can afford flu powder. Maybe mm-hmm. not all wizards. Have a fucking fireplace. Maybe mm-hmm. not all wizards are skilled enough to create a port key that won't just rip you in half. You know, mm-hmm. like you need to be able to get everyone from, you know, fucking Argus Filch to Dumbledore to where they need to go. Great call about Filch because you got squib children. So you need to be able to get your squib children places too. To, well, yeah. they just probably shipped them off to fucking boring school or some shit. Yeah. But like all these people can't use the night bus. Mm. You no. can't put children on there. I mean, I guess you can, but like, I you mean, shouldn't put children on there. to some things. And it's probably like injured. Yeah. It is just like the subway. It's just like the subway. <laughs> It might even be safer than the subway because it's a smaller community. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Any last burning questions that we have? Not that I can think of. I'm proud of us. I feel like we like we all learned something and we really expanded on this topic that I wasn't sure if we would have that much to say about. I would I would like to thank both of you for doing most of the research on this one because I didn't find out we were doing magical transportation until about two hours ago. It's okay. So that's that's um, on me. That's on me. I take that one. um, That that was my fault. um, But yeah, I just kind of punched in all of my like musings, um, and I think you guys answered them all. You're fantastic at musings. Thank Uh, you. Yeah, and if anybody out there has ideas about a better, some kind of alternative transportation method for wizards, or if we missed one, please let us know so we can sleep better at night. Yeah. 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 Thanks, guys. And if you want to contact us or follow us, um, you can email us at watchaharrypod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at Watcher Harry at Watcher Harry podcast. Nice. We like it to be slightly different so that we never know which one's which. Yeah, we love that. We love that we did that to ourselves. Yes, that was my bad. Sorry, team. Okay, but thank you guys. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 The Watcher Harry podcast is hosted by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, Lisa Moen, and Caleb Kelleher. 
Our editing is done by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, and our theme music is Dance Macabre Busy Strings by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.